I want to start with a story, uh, kids. I'm going to tell you a story uh, about a prince and a peasant girl. Uh, it's by it's it's some hundreds of years old. It's by a Danish philosopher called Soren Kierkegaard, and, and here's how the story goes. Uh, one day there was a prince who was running an errand for his father through uh, to an important village, and and as he went through the village, he, he peered out the window of his carriage and he saw a beautiful peasant girl. She was so uh, beautiful that uh, he looked for every excuse possible over the next few weeks uh, to run errands for his dad so that he could pass through the village and, and just catch a glimpse of this beautiful peasant girl. And, and as he did that soon enough, he was in love. But how would he seek her hand in marriage? As the prince, he could just do it by decree, by order. Uh, But of course, that wouldn't be love. She wouldn't be responding freely. That would be uh, coercion and control. Uh, He could put on his most dazzling and splendid uniform and and drive up to her front door with uh, a horse and uh, a carriage and six horses. Uh, But then if she responded and married him, he he could never be sure if uh, she loved him for who he was or just for all that he had. Uh, So the prince came up with another solution. He would give up his kingly robe and move into the village, not with a crown, but with the garb of a peasant. That's what he did. He lived among the people. He shared their interests and concerns. He ate what they ate, he spoke how they spoke. But how did the peasant girl respond? Well, it depends on which version of the story that you read. In one version, she recognises him and she receives his love and they lived happily ever after. But in another case, she she doesn't recognise him, she doesn't receive his love and so for her it's an opportunity gone begging. But in either case, everything in the story hinges on the peasant girl's ability to recognise and to receive the love of this prince in disguise. And you know what? That's a really good summary of the Christmas story. Think about it. The Prince of Peace, the King of Heaven, the King of Kings removes his crown and his royal robes and and he's born as a baby in an animal feeding trough. And everything in the story hinges on our ability to recognize who this is and to receive the gift that God is giving to us. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. You see, That's the gift of Christmas. The gift of Christmas is the gift of God himself. At John chapter 3 verse 16 in the Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only son, his most treasured and infinitely precious possession to give us life. But it all hinges on our ability to recognize and to receive just who this baby born in a manger really is. You can see that it hinges on this very fact from our reading, John chapter 1, verse 11. It says, he came to what was his own and his own people didn't receive him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. 
might sound strange, but there's a similar dynamic in a, a reality TV show that I used to really enjoy watching, uh, where uh, there's a, a really important person, and, and, and he or she takes off their, their important garbs, and they, they put on the garbs of, of the people in the company, and everything hinges on their ability to recognise and respond to this person. Do you know the, the, the reality TV show that I'm talking about? Some of you might have seen it. It's called Undercover Boss. Uh, it's a wonderful show. It's got a great dynamic. And, and, and this is really what's going on here. The, the CEO uh, puts off his business suit or her, her business dress and puts on the garb of the people uh, in the company. And you just get to sit back and watch how everyone in the company responds to this VIP, this very important person. And, and as the reality TV show goes, every episode... Basically, the people in the company fall into one of two categories in their response. And and it's in verse 11, the first category, that he came to what was his own and his own people did not receive him. In other words, there are people who are kind of self-sufficient, they're self-important, they think they're the boss of everyone. And so when they come into contact with the CEO, all that kind of self-sufficiency and arrogance just kind of spills out onto the CEO. It's quite dramatic and there's a a real twist and reversal at the end of the story. Uh, The way that it goes is that the one that they're supposed to be treating with the utmost decency and the utmost awe, they end up treating with utter disdain. And then you get to see how the CEO responds at the end of the show. Well, that's the story of Christmas. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not receive him. Uh, Elizabeth Browning, up on the screen here, she was a famous poet in the, in the 19th century. But, but when she married uh, her husband, Robert Browning, Uh, Her parents were so upset with her that they disowned her. Uh, She and her husband moved away. They moved to Florence in Italy. uh, But Elizabeth loved her mom and her dad deeply, and she did everything she could over that time to be reconciled to her parents. And and so uh, she wrote these loving and expressive letters several times a month to her parents. And and, and after 10 years without any response or hearing anything, finally, this package arrived in the mail. And she was absolutely delighted to open it. She knew it was from her parents. What she found inside of the package were all of the letters that she wrote unopened. It's a true story. Like her husband, she was a, a talented Poet and, and all of that poetry was put authentically into these letters that she wrote to her parents so lovingly, begging to be reconciled, longing to be reunited with her parents. Some have called these letters some of the most beautiful and expressive in all of English literature. But her parents never read a single one of them. You see, God went to great lengths to be reconciled with the people that he made, with the people that he loves. He even wrote a book to be reconciled, longing to be reunited. But the sad news of Christmas in John chapter 1 verse 11 is they rejected him. 
they did not receive him. You, you know, actually, it goes even further in the scriptures. It says that he was despised and rejected like one from whom people hide their faces. It, this is talking about the fact that this little baby boy, he, he grew up into a man and then ultimately he was nailed to a cross. And you couldn't recognize him there either. It says in the scriptures, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred beyond human likeness. That's what it says about him. The gift of God given at Christmas. They didn't recognize him and they crucified him. Why would he do that? Jesus says elsewhere, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. In other words, no one forced his hand. This is, this is God incarnate, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. No one can force his hand. He, he lays down his life of his own accord. So what on earth could be strong enough to bind the limbs of the maker of the universe to a cross? What on earth could be strong enough to tie down the hands of the one who flung stars into space to an old rugged cross? What on earth could be strong enough to do that? Nails? Soldiers? Armies? No, of course not. It was love. It was for love that he laid down his life and gave up everything. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So why did he go to such great lengths like Elizabeth Browning with her parents from coming from heaven, glory upon glory, to a feeding trough? And why did he go through so much pain to die on the cross for the sins of the people that he loved? You know, he lost everything. He lost his father. He lost the universe. He lost his glory. He lost his dignity. He lost his beauty. And yet... Just like the prince in the story, yet infinitely more so, he looks at you and he looks at me and he says, it was worth it. It was more than worth it. You are worth it. Friends, I'm here to tell you this morning that if you get that message, if you understand that love, if you recognize and receive the gift of God at Christmas, I guarantee you it changes everything. I was talking to a friend of mine just in the last few weeks, just a few days ago, who, who's re- finally, he's received this gift of God and, and come to recognize and receive it. And I said, what's it like? He, he said, the biggest thing for me is that it's such a relief. It's a relief to know that he's with me all of the time and that I don't have to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. And yet, The Bible says he came to his own and his own didn't receive him. But thankfully, that's only half the story. Just like in the undercover boss where the self-sufficient and the arrogant are kind of sent away, chastised or sometimes without a job. Well, the other half of the story is that there are people who recognize their need and who receive a gift and they're sent away filled and rejoicing. Look, look at what it says. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. A child that stands to inherit everything. I don't know what you stand to inherit from your parents or what maybe you already have inherited, but to be a child of God means to inherit everything. And I, I want to share a story with you that sums up this amazing gift this morning. 
Many years ago, there was an extremely wealthy man. His, his hobby was art collecting, and he traveled the world collecting amazing, the finest art collections in the world. He had priceless works, Picasso, Van Gogh, Monet, and they adorned the walls of his family estate. And, and he, he passed on this old man, his passion for art collection, to his son. And he looked on with satisfaction as his son uh, grew in the skill of uh, understanding art and a business mind to buy. And it caused his father great pride as they went around the world. But in 1914, war broke out across the continent. And this young man was called up to serve his country. And, and after just a few Short weeks of being on the front lines, the old man received the news that he had been dreading. His only son died in the battlefield. Distraught and lonely, the old man faced the upcoming Christmas holidays with sadness and anguish. The the joy of the Christmas season that he had so often looked forward to with his son was now replaced with loss. Well, Christmas morning came around and and there was a knock at the door and he opened the door and and, and there was a young soldier that greeted him with a large package in his hand and and this soldier was on leave from the Western Front and and he said to him, I was a friend of your son. I, I was the one he was rescuing when he died. Can I come in for a few moments? I've got something to show you. As the two of them began to talk, the soldier told the man how his son often talked about his father's love for art. And and, and the young soldier said, I'm an artist too, and and I want to give you this. As the old man unwrapped the package, he he saw that it was a portrait of his son. No one in the world would consider it a work of genius or a fine collection, but the painting showed the face of this son whom he loved. And so overcome with emotion, the father flung the portrait on the wall and moved all of these priceless paintings worth hundreds of millions of pounds out of the way to make space for the picture of his son. And and he sat on his chair at Christmas gazing at this priceless gift that he'd been given. And, And it wasn't long before it became his most prized possession, far eclipsing his interest in any of the other priceless paintings that he had up on his wall. Well... Ten years later, the old man died and the art world waited with anticipation for the auction for all of these priceless paintings. According to the father's will, the auction would be held on Christmas Day, the day that he'd received his most precious gift. The day soon arrived and art collectors from around the world gathered to bid on some of the world's most spectacular paintings and and the auction began with a painting that that wasn't on anyone's list. It was the painting of the old man's son done by this young soldier. The auctioneer asked for an opening bid, but the room was silent. Who'll open the bid with a hundred pounds? No one spoke. Finally, someone said, who cares about that painting? It's just a picture of his son. Can we get onto the real treasures for goodness sake? The auctioneer responded, No, we have to sell this one first. Now, who's going to bid for the son? Finally, a neighbor of the old man offered 50 pounds. He said, well, that's all I have. I knew the boy and I knew the old man when he was growing up. I'd like to have it. The auctioneer said, going once, 
going twice, gone, and the gavel fell. Cheers filled the room and someone shouted out, finally, now we can get on to the real treasures. But the auctioneer looked at the room filled with people and he announced that the auction was over. Everyone was completely stunned. Someone spoke up. What do you mean it's over? We didn't come here for a painting of the old man's son. There's a millions and millions of pounds worth of art here. What's going on? The auctioneer replied, it's very simple. According to the old man's will, whoever received the painting of his son would get everything else for free. Whoever receives the son receives everything. Whoever receives the Son receives everything. So it is for you this Christmas. But it all hinges on one thing. It hinges on your ability to recognise who this is and to receive his gift to you at Christmas. All you need is need. All you need at Christmas is, is nothing. All you need is to receive. But you know what? That kind of spiritual humility is probably the hardest thing for anyone to be able to muster. All you need is need. Especially in a place like this. For people who've got everything and who feel like they've got everything together. We're used to coming to God saying, look, I've done this and I've done this. Or, 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 or look at how, how I've suffered. But God wants us to look away from ourselves, to look at his son, God's great gift to us, with empty hands and simply to receive. Those who received him, he gave the privilege of being called children of God. You know, every week at St. Philip's on a Sunday, we, we act this out in the service. We're going to do it later on where we, we bring our empty hands and we receive communion, uh, the gift of God by faith, his, his body broken, the bread and his blood shed in the wine. We come with empty hands saying, all I need is to receive, all I need is nothing. And you fill my empty hands with the greatest, glorious, most infinite gift I could possibly receive. So friends, please don't leave the gift of God unopened this Christmas. I hope by his spirit he will enable you to recognise the gift of God at Christmas and to receive. You know, nothing would bring us greater joy at St. Philip's if you were to receive that gift. And and if you want to find out more about this amazing gift, we've got a gift for you. We've got these beautiful Bibles up the back that where you can find out about the Lord Jesus. They're called the New Beginnings Bibles. And you can find out about what a treasure it is that God has for you in Jesus. For anyone who doesn't have a Bible or knows someone who doesn't have a Bible until they all run out, as you make your way out, please receive the gift of God this Christmas. We've even put the bookmark in a place where you can start so you know where to start to find this great gift of God at Christmas. All you need is to receive. But that kind of spiritual humility can be very hard to muster. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray this Christmas that you would help us to recognise what it is that we are receiving. 
open our hearts. Help us to recognize the indescribable gift of your son, our creator, our maker and our friend, given at Christmas, crucified on the cross, risen to new life, who gives us his spirit to be with us wherever we go. And all we need is need. Help us to open our hearts to receive the gift of God this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing.